How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Liberty After Dark. This is part three of the conversation with Dan that we had. This is going to be a part based on IP and uh, representation through government with a little bit of other topics spruced in there. Um, I won't stick around too long. Uh, please enjoy the last bit of our conversation here. So should we... So should we uh, move on to a different topic? Should we move on to something other than the nap? Yeah, so I, I kind of wanted to talk about um, intellectual property today because I've been meaning to talk about it for a long time. And I think this will probably wind up being the last topic that we go on. And we don't have to spend nearly as much time, but probably we're in the three-hour mark on this stream, we're going to call it because i got some other things I have to do today. So we're yeah. at 2.30 right now. 2.30 your time? Oh, uh, it's actually 2.47 p.m., but I was saying that... The, the stream is on two and a half hours now, so. Okay. What, um, real quick before we go into that, I, I do have a question. What, without, I guess, I guess without uh, divulging too much, uh, what does your job there pertain? Like, what's, what do you do? Well, I, I, I fix aircraft. I mean, that's... Okay. Um, you, you went over that yesterday. I completely forgot. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing. I mean, I thought you were going to ask me like, what's the the objective of me being here? But um, no, I mean, my my job is that I fix planes. So when it comes down to yeah. it, I turn wrenches. I you know? Yeah, I remember you saying that yesterday. I apologize for forgetting. Again, I'm all fault because it's it is 12:48 a.m. here. No, you're so. fine. I appreciate you being <laughs> here. It's been great having you on. All right, you uh, intellectual property. So, uh, real quick, uh, I, uh, I Robert Varel, I guess that's how you say his last name, had a post today, and it was uh, I guess one of the uh, text that where you you type out text and then it has a background, and I screenshotted it, cropped it, and then posted it on my page, and someone asked me to make it shareable, and I don't. Like things from my personal page, I don't make shareable to, I guess, other people's pages. Um, and that's because I post pictures of my family on my main page, and I don't want people to share pictures of my family. So that's why stuff's not shareable. So um, Robert commented on my post that they could go to his page and share it. And I commented back, yeah, that'll work because that's where I stole it from. And he's commented back that you can't you can't steal it because you can't steal an idea. Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh no, yeah, I mean that's 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 pretty funny. Um, yeah, I mean just to give my spiel on it, I know this can get very contentious, so I'd love to have commenters uh, in the the live chat, you know, give in their two cents or their scenarios. Uh, it doesn't get quite as bad as the nap. The nap gets pretty hairy, but this, you know. Um, so, you if if you if you believe that intellectual property rights should be upheld, you you agree that there is some sort of fundamental value in the idea that is lost by someone else replicating it, um, outside of a the actual good or service, you know. Uh, if so, there I, I want to make a distinction that there's a difference between someone. Going into like say you have a, a an I what would typically be considered an IP like a, a piece of software right and then you go in and 
and you steal that software from the shelf of the store, that's still theft. That that product already exists, and you're stealing the product. But let's say they you you made some kind of I don't know server backend, and you were like, wow, the code that they use for this is really good. I'm going to use it in mine. Um, you're you're stealing the the you're stealing. You're you're taking the conceptualization of the product, and and you're you're putting it into what would be considered a transformative work because it unless you're just copying pasting everything over um so even even in some extents you know uh most most cases of intellectual property theft are transformative works first off and i just want to make sure that was prefaced but i would love to hear what your uh your two cents on on ip are if you have any uh cases where you use ip where or anything like that so well so i i um actually changed my mind on IP by listening to the Tom Woods show. There was a, a guy on there, and I can't remember his name. Escapes me, but he's been on Tom Woods a couple of times, and he changed my mind on this. I was I was of the impression for a long time that um, especially like works of art, like music, um, paintings, things like that, that if you, know, if you, if you copied it and tried to play it off as your own, that that was theft. And while I think it's disingenuous to do that, I don't think it's theft anymore. And, and here's why. Is, uh, I don't know if you know the history of the, the intermittent windshield wiper. There's a movie about it. So uh, Ford actually stole the idea from a guy, and they had a contract with this guy. He invented the intermittent windshield wiper for his car. He was a, I think he was like a, a, a shop teacher at a high school or something. And, um, yeah, Stephen Kinsella, Stephen Kinsella, he, 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 that's who it was. So, anyway, the, the intermittent windshield wiper, the guy invented the intermittent windshield wiper and shopped it around to the different car companies, and Ford bit on it. And um, he was reluctant to share his invention with them because he was afraid they would take it and, and steal it. And um, court cases ensued because they, they did steal his idea court cases ensued, and one of the arguments that was used in the court case was um, the the arrangement of the alphabet. Like, you can't you can't steal letters from the alphabet. Like, you can't you can rearrange letters all you want, but you can't, like, create new letters. You, you know, that's what we have to work with. And so to say someone has stolen an idea because they rearranged the letters or whatever. And, the, and the, the court case actually ruled in the guy's favor. Now, he didn't get a very big settlement out of Ford, but they, they, they upheld the IP law. But the idea behind that, I kind of came away with the opposite impression that, you know, if, if, you're, if you have limited resources, which is what we have, then you have, you know, a certain arrangement given the technology and um, you know, to, to say you take take someone's idea and then you rearrange that a little bit, or even even copy it and use it, and 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 don't give them the credit. I don't. It, it's not. You know, it's not theft. Now, if you if you take a book off of a shelf and you cross the author's name off and write your name, I don't. That's not even. That's not even intellectual property theft because. Well, then it's physical. It's physical theft. Store. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you steal the book, book from the bookstore and do it, it's one thing. But if you if you buy the book and then cross the author's name off, put your name on it, and then try 
try to sell it to somebody. I don't, it's not a problem, but uh, I feel like I'm rambling, but I have one example I really want to give. So, so you work on aircraft. I work on um, cars and, and school buses. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, air brake systems at all, um, but there's a, uh, and the air brake systems, drum brakes, there's uh, these rollers that every time you change brakes, you're supposed to pre uh, press the rollers out and in. Well, not really press them, but hammer them out and in. And there's a tool that, uh, a tool that you, you hit, hit, hit with a hammer on one side and then it has, you can put different uh, dies on it to fit whatever size rollers you have. And um, most of the school buses, well, I think all the school buses are the same size roller. So a company came out with a, um, a tool that you would hook up to an air hammer and drive the old rollers out very quickly. It saves, I would say, probably 10 to 15 minutes per brake job on the, on the buses. So the, the problem is, is this tool is a little bit too short. It's about a half an inch to an inch too short it won't drive the rollers and the bushings all the way out. So um, a coworker of mine, her husband owns a machine shop. So I, I, I drew a little sketch and I sent one of the tools with him and I said, look, I need this to be longer. And I said, it only needs to be an inch longer, but I, I want room to work. So make it six inches longer, but you know, basically the same thing. Um, he came back and, you know, here's these two tools and we use them. It saves a ton of time. It's really easy to use these tools and, uh, that's that's not uh, from what I understand because we're, we're you know made them privately we use them privately it's not a, um, a violation of intellectual property uh, not a viol you know not a patent violation to be proved patent but if I were to try to sell them that would be a patent violation and and my biggest problem with that is is I improved the tool to make it better more useful and faster. But I'm not allowed to sell it because I haven't changed it enough, and I, I, you know, I basically copied their idea, and so that's a huge problem for me. That I, I can take something like that and improve on it, but I can't do anything about it. I can't, I can't profit off of that. And it, let me tell you, it was not cheap. It's not cheap to have one-off heat-treated tools made. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was about two hundred fifty dollars to have those tools made, and to buy the one tool off the tool truck was like seventy-five. The one that didn't work very well. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's uh, yeah. I mean, you bring up a lot of great points there, and that's why a lot of times I will make the distinction. Not that I really feel like it's necessary, but I will make the distinction between a transformative work, which is what I would deem what you did was a transformative work, and and versus you know like. I don't know, stealing, or again, we use the term stealing, but that's what's relatable. Uh, taking songs from, you know, uh, downloading them off the internet from one group and then selling the CDs. You you purchase the materials to put the sim on CDs, and to some extent, like, they are your property. They're in your possession. Is the content on the C? You know, we, we can go all into that, but especially, I feel like anybody who doesn't believe that a transformative work, which includes taking, like, let's say, Star Wars came out and someone wanted to make a Star Wars fan film, right? It could be the most amazing story ever told. It could be the most justice ever done to the IP ever, but they would never allow that to preserve their right to the intellectual property, right? Um, and and yeah. it's, it's an entirely transformative work. It's a new script, new actors, new names. It's just in the same universe, works off of a couple same ideas. 
that's that would be oh you're stealing the intellectual property the ideas you got like jedi in there or something or the force or whatever um and to me that's ridiculous that is you know yeah. you're you're all, all that you're doing is you're saying man that's a great idea i'm gonna make a better product and and you're 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 creating what laissez-faire capitalists like myself love you're creating competition yeah. for the most superior product in or, or the cheapest in some cases but you're you're forcing uh, I, I read a really great article about this i wish i could remember these links off the top of my head but um it was it was specifically addressing the fact that uh ip exists not, doesn't exist to protect you and me because we will never have the amount of money or resources to go through a legal battle with let's say we write music and then kesha steals one of our songs right we ne we will never have the resources to defend our intellectual property right to our piece of music. We'll never win. They'll just drain us out of money before we end up capitulating. It exists to protect already established organizations and brands from innovation, and that's a horrible thing for free market economies. And that's a, that's the thing about the, uh, the 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 guy that, inter that invented the internet and one influential wiper. He 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 you know he was penniless even though he won that lawsuit against Ford. And and you know got money out of them. It, it, it would have been complete. If it, if it would have been switched, Ford would have gotten a huge settlement from him, and uh, he probably would be paying them, you know, thousands of dollars for the rest of his life. But he won, and he he still didn't get, you know, what you would say he was what he had he had earned by coming up with the idea. So you're absolutely right that it it doesn't exist to protect us because if it did protect us, then people like him would be you know, millionaires. It exists to protect the establishment. Yeah. And and that's another thing that gets me when people talk about libertarians and, and ANCAPs and they're like, oh, you just want to live under the oppression of, of big corporations. I'm like, no, because half the reason that these big corporations have the power that they do is because the government gave it to them and they, they're they yeah. in their back pockets. So, yeah, that's one of the big examples that I always come to is 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 that that whole movie idea cuz I mean I you know, you could argue maybe that George Lucas, you know, came up with all that in his head and he deserves to make some money off of it, and he did. He released a Star Wars movie. He made a crap ton of money off of that movie. So it's not like he didn't get anything out of the exchange, you know. He was first to market with the idea, and if that's not enough, maybe your product wasn't as good as you thought it was. I mean, that, that's. I, I, oh, sorry. What's up? One, one thing I wonder is how you know we've advanced uh, in technology uh, leaps and bounds in the past hundred years. I mean, we've it's it's amazing uh, to think that uh, this the phone I have in my hand is has more computing power than you know the biggest supercomputers fifty sixty years ago. Yeah. And, uh, but I wonder how how much more technology will we have if we didn't have IP? Just the whole. I mean, I I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. I watched it in when I was in college, my business class. Um, it was we had to do like a, an analysis of the film and talking about IP and stuff like that, which is where a lot of my ideas from this originated from. But um, basically, it was about Apple uh, and Microsoft and their beginnings and the interactions that they had and like stealing from each other. This the the amount of innovation that we saw in such a small time span would have never happened unless these people had gone through and said, I'm taking this and I'm going to make it mine. Um, you know, yeah. they put their own twists on it to, to make it a superior product. But n none of basically anything that they did for those original like Apple computers and the first uh, uh, PCs 
were original ideas. It was all just iterations on existing ideas that were supposed to be competitors, you know. They didn't have the rights to any of that technology. Very interesting history, and a lot of people look over that. And now we, they're, they're some of the largest companies on planet Earth off of stolen ideas. So, you know, it's, it's unfair now that someone couldn't say, well, I'm going to take Windows and, you know, redo the UI to make the UI more accessible because everybody hates the UI on Windows for, you know, let's just say that's the thing. Or they want to make Mac OS look like a PC but run the same under the, the hood. They couldn't do that. Even though, if that's what the if that's what the market demands, that should be an acceptable option. And if Mac or, or if Apple or Microsoft don't want to conform to those, they're well within their rights to not put the resources into that and just keep offering their product. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm glad that you agree with me on that. I've I've met a lot more uh, abrasiveness on the whole IP issue than I expected to, but. Well, if you interviewed me, probably two and a half or three years ago, I probably would have disagreed with you. But um, like I said, I, I, it was I had heard, I had listened to people talk about IP before. But when when uh, Stephen Kinsella uh, was on Tom Wood's show, it really changed my mind on it. And I had, I didn't change my mind right away. It took a little bit of noodling to uh, to get there. Um, uh, but one thing. Uh, Quick to point out, uh, people say that uh, uh, Thomas Edison stole um, uh, Tesla's ideas and patented them, but he could not have done that if it was not for IP. All those ideas that Tesla wanted to be free knowledge would not be locked down in the patent office in Washington if there were no patent office in Washington. So when they when they stick when they when they blame Thomas Edison, I think their 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 blame is misplaced. Yeah, I mean, of yeah. course, we would uh, we would want him to be as you know moral of a person as possible and not uh, go you know claim the patents on it. But he was being an aggressive capitalist and was abusing the system that existed to work in his favor. So. Yeah, did he did he do wrong in doing so? You can argue that. I don't think there's a problem with that, but the system still exists to to facilitate that. So, really, when it comes down to it, if you want to go base level, the fundamental issue is with the system, not with the person. Um, that's that's like people who who get mad at, at rich people for using uh, donations as tax write offs. It's like, yeah, I would love it if they just gave the money away out of the bottom of their hearts, but you can't. You can't blame someone for wanting to protect their their property from government intervention or just keep it for themselves, whether they care about the government part of it or not, um, by using a system that exists. Like the, the issue is with the system. People are just doing what they can inside of it. Um, you know, and we could talk about the morality of that, but I don't necessarily think that they're evil for doing so. So, no. no. But the fact that it exists, you know, and that's my thing is, you know, you could take any technology. And you could invent, um, what is it, the movie Chain Reaction, where they're going to have free energy for everybody or something like that, and somebody somebody wants to steal the idea so they can go patent it. And that's, I mean, it's if, it, if, it, if you can limit someone's ideas through government, then they're going to they're gonna do it to protect their own uh, interests. So, and that's one argument I use with these... Um, uh, left libertarians, so-called left libertarians that don't exist, is 
government better, and it's it's like the problem is that they're there in the first place. Like you couldn't have corporations control society; government didn't allow them to. And, you know, kind of bringing this full circle to back when we were talking about the whole China social credit thing, if um, I, I would I would be incredibly skeptical of any uh, population allowing a corporation to put up cameras like speed cameras everywhere and putting them all on one network to try to, like, cut down on, on speeding. I think only a government could get away with doing something like that. And then at that point, the infrastructure exists because of the government to implement a program like the Chinese social credit system. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I, I don't think, it, you know, we could talk about greedy corporations all day. I think there are plenty of crony capitalist corporations out there that exist that just hamper the free market. But, you know, a lot of the infrastructures that they abuse, in fact, I'd say damn near all of them were brought up or at least are facilitated by the government. Uh, and, we could talk about anti-monopoly laws as much as you want, but at that point, this is base. It's basically a joke. I mean, Walmart has completely taken over the retail sector, and they haven't done anything about that. So, if there was, well, and that's, yeah, and it's, it's because they it's offer a about, superior product, but yeah, but it's all about who who's going to play along. See, Walmart will play along. They'll you know participate in the war propaganda. They'll. Uh, Participate in the uh, you know patriotic propaganda. You know July Fourth, cooking out, grilling out. Hey, let's celebrate the flag. That type of stuff. They're they're all on board for that. They're gonna you know support all the government uh, propaganda and 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 they're gonna pay their taxes and they're gonna do all the things. They're gonna jump through the hoops so that the government won't come down on them. And I think didn't we see that with Google like last year, the year before last, where uh, the government was going to take action against Google for being a monopoly, and then all of a sudden it was a non-issue because they did something that the government wanted them to do. Didn't it wouldn't surprise me. I didn't hear that about um, about Google, but uh, I mean, again, you know, if you want to talk about one of the most large and powerful companies in the world, uh, you know, people said the same thing about Amazon too. How Amazon needs to be dissolved, and they use plenty of of lobbying and. And political loopholes to get through what they they do on a daily basis. It might have been who it was. It might have been Amazon that I'm thinking of that they wanted to. I, I think it was they wanted to break up Amazon into smaller companies, and I think Bezos like made some kind of deal or something. That all went away. <laughs> Weird so, how that works. Yeah, Man. and that's the thing is like if you if. If the people who are going to take action against you for having a monopoly are in your pocket, then they're not going to. So. Yeah, and I just want to make it clear to anybody who might be listening into this in the future. The issue with this, again, we kind of said this earlier with the whole Thomas Edison thing, is not necessarily that the companies are taking advantage of these. Because let's be honest, if I was in Jeff Bezos' shoes... I'd want to make as much money as I could too. And if the way Absolutely. to do that is to abuse the system that exists, you know, I can't say that, you know, I would turn down that hundred billion dollars I'd make next year or whatever it is, you know? <laughs> um, so if the, the issue is, is that the system exists in the first place for them to exploit and that we as independent citizens can't do anything about it. 
we have no power in that exchange at all. Um, and, and that comes from the centralization of power inside of a government. And, and that's, we go all the way full circle back to where we started pretty much. But you get to vote for your representatives though. Oh yeah, exactly. Cause they're a direct, imbi- my representative is like a joke compared to what I believe in. It's like my polar opposite. I was uh, trolling uh, the, the, my congressman uh, on Facebook. I kept, uh, he would do these, oh my gosh, he's terrible. He would do these things where like they would give some guy an award for like being the number one elevator operator at the Air Force Base or something. I Some ridiculous bull crap. And I'm like, I, I would put on there, I hope this is what you're really proud of when, when, you're, when you're on your deathbed and you think back that you gave some guy a useless award at the same time you're bombing brown children in, in, in the Middle East. I hope this is, you know, this, you see this as an accomplishment, and he blocked me. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised that he blocked you. <laughs> I, so. I tell this story pretty often, but I've, I've written my Congress people over the past. I, at one point, I had this congresswoman whenever I was living closer to the Houston area when I was in school, and she was like my total opposite, total opposite. And I wrote her about Social Security and how... We need to, you know, cut off Social Security and just just accept the fund's going to dry out and just start taking preventative measures so that people who unfortunately have become dependent on it can still, you know, use it until they die. And then we just don't have that burden on society anymore. And I've written a couple of different letters about controversial topics like that. And I always get the most polite FUs I've ever read in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it just goes to show you, like, I didn't vote for any of these people. They, and, and they're supposed to represent me, but they definitely fail at doing that. So um, if you know, I can't I can't use my local representatives because they don't care what I have to say because they disagree with me. So I have no way of of being engaged in the political system outside of just talking about it like we are now and just spreading the word. But that's the, see, that's the biggest joke to me is you know when they say they represent us. Well, my next door neighbor has different interests and desires than I do. The guy on the other side of me has different interests and desires than I do. The guy across the street from me has different interests and desires than I do. How can you say that one person represents an entire voting district, that he represents what they want? You can't – it doesn't It doesn't work that way. Like if, if my neighbors that live around me decide, hey, we want one of us to go and be a representative of the city council meeting, Okay, I can see that. If we have, if we come together and say, "Hey, we want the street to be repaved," so we're going to send a guy that lives on the street to go to city council meeting and say, "Hey, our street needs to be repaved. It's bad." Now, that's you could say, "Well, that's good government." Well, that guy, I could see him being a representative for that issue. But to say that one guy represents thousands of people, it, it doesn't. It doesn't compute. Yeah, especially on a whole bunch of different issues. The only way you could have accurate representation is if you had a representative per issue, per incredibly small population of people, you know, or or direct involvement in government, which we can't. I mean, honestly, there's no way to facilitate 300 and what is it now, 60 million people being directly involved with government. That just sounds like the biggest train wreck on planet Earth. Yeah. Instead of just letting them live their lives, you know, because... Yeah, man, I hate to go on a tirade, but just it doesn't matter how you split it. Either way, if, if if you have this one side versus the other thing and you're working on national or even state level policies, you're just looking at one majority squashing a minority opinion and or or 
liberties in some cases, like it, with the case of guns. You know, if, if a vote passes 51 to 49 that says ban assault weapons, 49% of the people said, don't take my guns, you know, and didn't yeah. consent to it. And just because the 51% did, that needs to be a universal application. Well, they can give up their guns, I guess. That's well within their rights. But, yeah, yeah so... And that's one thing. That's one thing. I, I think back to my constitutionalist days, and that's one thing I argue with people. I said, well, the one thing we need to fix about the Constitution is that um, all laws should have have to have a three quarters majority to pass. And like, I think back, and I think even though the Constitution is bumped in and of itself, I wonder if if they had put that in there, how much better off we would actually be. If it, if it took three-quarters of a majority to pass these laws. I don't think anything would get done at all, first off. but <laughs> Which would be the ideal, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, in theory, you would want as... The, if you would you would craft the best system you could, and you would hope it would change the least as possible, if, if it is such a good system to begin with. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and even then, three-quarters, if it's a 76 to 24, you still have 24% of the population who yeah. didn't consent to whatever change is happening. And, yeah. you know, I mean, Absolutely. it's that's that's yeah. an issue. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that was a quote I read earlier about uh, the, uh, uh, oh, uh, millions calling themselves a government, calling themselves a government, yeah. If they trample your natural rights, it's a crime. Then if they call themselves a government. So. Yeah, I, yeah. He, he says it very eloquently. It's very well put. Um, uh, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna uh, kick off here. It's uh, one seventeen my time. I think I'm gonna hop off. It was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you letting me come on. Um, I like doing this. I hope I hope people enjoy seeing us. Uh, discuss this stuff. Um, uh, I hope we're not boring people. I think five people watching, at least five people are interested. When we were talking about the nap, it got up to like 15 people, so that's the best this show has done yet. So that's pretty, it, it must have been some kind of engaging conversation. So, um, all right, well, that's good. Yeah, well, uh, I think it's getting late for people in, in my part of the country. I mean, I know the West Coasters usually hang with you for, for a little while, but. Um, yeah. All right. You have a fantastic rest of your day. Or all night. right. Thanks. You too. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. All right, folks. And that's the end of the talks with Dan. Uh, fantastic. Uh, fantastic conversation. I know I've said that like 3000 times now, but I can't, I can't really say it enough. I'm super glad that we got to have him on. I'm very, very, very glad that we got to have the conversations that we did. I felt like lots of good things were said by all. Again, I know this is the at least the third time that I've said those things, but um, I, I was particularly happy with this segment. I think a, a lot of fantastic things were said, um, and I, I really hope you enjoyed listening as much as I did having the conversation. Um, as always, if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to leave a review, like, tell your friends, tell your wife, tell your kids. Uh, lots of good stuff going on here. We're going to have more episodes rolling out here as, as quickly as I can get them out. I, I'm, I'm behind, so we're just going to kind of pump them out. And if I end up making them too quickly, I'll just do kind of a staggered, maybe once every couple of days release. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to cut up the episodes into parts anymore. I think it was a fun experiment. If I have like a super long episode that really needs to be chopped up into parts, say it's like four or five hours long, 
which I think uh, two of them are coming up. I may chop those in half uh, and just kind of give prefaces at the beginning or the end. But uh, I, I don't think for these, you know, two, two and a half hour segments, I'm going to do any more uh, cuts. It was a fun experiment, but um, it's not even really editing it. That's the issue. I just I just don't feel like uh, that's the, the format that I would prefer to consume the podcast in. And I don't want it to make it seem like I'm just trying to artificially inflate the amount of content that I have. Because trust me, <laughs> I'm editing it right now. We have plenty of content. Uh, every week we do a show. So there's always stuff going on and stuff to talk about. So uh, currently I'm uh, finishing up editing some more shows and I'm going to get those rolled out to you guys as soon as possible. So thanks for sticking around again. If you liked it, uh, the website will be available soon at www.libertyafterdark.net. You can contact me at contact at libertyafterdark.net. That is operational. So if you want to send me an email with any recommendations or if you want to come on the show, please let me know. Uh, we host a live stream on the Liberty Memes Patreon members, so it's a little bit of a exclusive paywall, I guess. Uh, not even for my uh, organization, but nonetheless, I, I like the group, uh, and I feel like it's a good place to host these conversations. So uh, I don't really have anything else for you guys. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show, and hope you were here for the next one. Take it easy. <laughs>